right, good morning, everyone. So good to have you in the house. Uh, I just want to ditto what Bryce said there. Thank you for everyone that came out yesterday and uh, worked on the yard. I think we got a major facelift on our building outside as well. And, uh, you know, just uh, that was really, to be honest with you, the first one ever that I've not come to, not been a part of. And it was difficult for me not to do that. And uh, so uh, if you were looking for me, I was home studying, getting ready for today. And I wasn't being lazy. Uh, a little bit of uh, physical thing that came against me here this past week, just uh, with a herniated disc. So if I act weird up here, start doing something funny, I'm putting it back in place. But um, anyway, thank you for everybody that came out. And um, uh, we're going to continue on today in our series on Choose Joy. And um, I want to start right here, if you can. Let's go ahead and jump right into the scriptures today. Go with me into James. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And uh, if it's your first time here, again, like Bryce said, glad to have you. Glad to have you out there online. Uh, means the world to us. Also, if you attend with us every week online, this is your church. Man, so glad that you're there with us as well. And uh, it just uh, means the world to us. But if you jump right here in James with me, James chapter 1, i got about 30 minutes with you, and I want to be a good steward of that time. Verse 2 says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties... See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. Now, come on. <laughs> that doesn't line up. When I'm in the middle of chaos and in the middle of the things going on in the world, you're telling me that I'm to experience the greatest joy that I can? That might be about that much. <laughs> and uh, So Pastor Tiffany, she landed on this scripture with us last week, and she took us a little bit further, and she said, For you know that when you, your faith is tested, it stirs up something. It stirs up in you the power of endurance. Look at somebody and say endurance. endurance. And then it goes on and explains it a little bit more. <clears throat> it says, and then your endurance grows even stronger. It will release something. So there's an act of faith here. There's a stepping out here. It's like if I don't, when I take the opportunity to treat this moment of chaos as an opportunity for my faith, it will activate something in my life. It says, and, this, and then as you, and your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being. I think that's pretty awesome. Until there is nothing missing, nothing lacking. One translation says nothing broken. And if we're all honest with ourselves, that's where we want to get to, where there's nothing lacking, nothing broken. And, and uh, thank you, Pastor Tiffany. You did a phenomenal job last week, and uh, she really took us down the pathway of that. And uh, I said to you that I want to continue on in our series. And I, I don't take it lightly of this moment because we were supposed to end this one last week. And uh, in listening and hearing the things that she was sharing, I just felt impressed that we need to go a couple more weeks on this. And that's a big deal to approach your staff and say, because they're very planned and orchestrated in what they're doing, the songs are even planned out for another whole month. And to come to them and change that whole setup and say, hey, we're going to go with joy a couple more weeks, it's not an easy task because there's a lot of moving parts that make this thing work. And, uh, but they were great about it. They were honoring about it. Uh, but I just think there's a couple nuggets that that are going to help us. If, if we leave ourselves just with maybe some of the uh, front side of joy and an understanding of biblical joy, and we don't understand that there's a power available to help you do this, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave, meaning this, I will leave you out there as if, okay, 
You taught me, but now how do I really, really, really do it? And I don't know about you, but I found out a long time ago, if I've got some help, it's a little bit easier when you've got some help to come along your side. Amen? So everybody say it with me. Choose joy. Choose joy. Well, let's just review just a few things, bring us up to speed. I don't want to lose sight of this. Number one, joy on its surface, it's just a feeling. It's a temporary emotion. It can leave you in an instant, and it's circumstantial. If you've got kids, you know what I mean. They can be a joy in one moment, and they can get on your nerves in the next moment. All right? That's, that's what we're talking about. But biblical joy, we've said, is a different kind of joy. It's a good feeling. It is a good feeling of pleasure, pleasure, but it's not dependent on you, and it's not dependent on outward circumstances. It's dependent on who Jesus is. And um, <clears throat> I want to give you another statement that I've not given you. I want you to hear this. Biblical joy is not an intermittent experience, but it's a permanent one. It's not an intermittent experience, but it's a permanent one. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, we said, Rejoice in the Lord how? Always. And then he says, again, rejoice in the Lord how? Always. We found out that uh, when we rejoice, it's a choice. It's a demonstration of our expectation that victory is already ours. We found out that joy is the bridge between believing and receiving. In other words, I want to keep moving towards what I'm expecting. And when I'm uh, maybe uh, yielding to that outer surface joy, it's pulling me away from the things that I'm believing. We found out that this joy is not for the conservative, is not for the reserved, it's for the resolved. And what does that mean? It simply means this, that we're resolved to an internal and an internal uh, decision on counting on our God that's faithful, that promise. And you're going to have to know some things to know the character of God. We talked about getting into the Scriptures and learning some things out of the Scriptures. Pastor Tiffany, on the very first day, she talked to us about how your response and your confession, you know, whatever you're full of, you'll find out today, will come out of you. And if we're full of God and full of the things of God and the Scriptures and understanding of His character, then when I'm challenged with that in that place of endurance, then that's what's really going to come out of me. We went over into Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and we found out, but the fruit of the Spirit, we listed the fruits, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, singular, you have in you. One of those characteristics of that fruit is experiencing this type of joy. And we said that there's no law against that. There's nothing to keep it from working in your life. And basically saying that it can govern your responses to the circumstances. It will govern your behaviors. Here's what that joy looks like. Just a quick review. This joy we're talking about, I can be cheerful at any point in my life. I can be, have calm delight at any point. I can be glad. Look at somebody and give them a big smile. You, you did that. Undo, you, I asked you to do it and gave you an instruction to do it, but you still had to choose to do that. You didn't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything I ask you to do in this service. All right? You don't have to speak. You don't have to talk. You don't have to raise your hand. I might encourage you to do some of those things, but it's your choice whether you want to or not. That's my point. Joy is a choice. Amen. So when it comes to this, we found out it's directly connected to some definitions of the Greek word for uh, grace, which is charis. And we found out it's directly connected to the Greek word for rejoice and the joy of that word. And you put those three words together, it gives me a pathway to reach this joy. I've got the ability of God, grace of God, to rejoice, to revisit, to redo, to do this at any point into that joy that we were talking about. All right? So that moves us forward and that gets us to this last statement that I want to give you again. 
I've given it to you every week that I've been up here, and that is that if we only knew what happens in the Spirit when we rejoice, we would be doing this a lot more. I actually said every day. But I think it's better than to say we'd be doing it more than just every day. Because it's not a one-time experience. I know what life does to you. I know what life does to me. And I know that every single day of our life, there's an opportunity not to do this. But the same opportunity is there for us to do it. So let's go step further today. There's another piece to this nugget of, of joy and how it works in your life. And I really want to talk to you today about a, a connecting piece of power that's available for you. Keep that pressure on him. But when I say pressure, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about kids, life, work, busy, emotions, uh, finances, physical, challenges, all hell's breaking loose. I want to help us realize there is a, a level supernaturally that you can yield to in your life. It's even in regards to a type of prayer. And if you can yield to this in your life when that pressure starts to get weighty on you. And if you yield to it long enough... I don't even want to make it about the time, you'll see that that pressure starts to slip over onto God, and then you'll see that this joy will show up, because now your confidence won't be in and of yourself. So go with me to Acts chapter 13. Let's look at just one verse here, verse 52. We've read this to you a few times. I think, Pastor Tiffany, maybe you didn't last week. But it says here in 13, verse 52, it says, and the disciples... And I put this in to help you understand. Those that were following the Lord were filled with joy. There's a comma. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. So every time you'll see this connection of this in the book of Acts, if you ever read the whole book of Acts, you will see that there was a connecting point in five, if not six different places where and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And this joy that they have, these were the happiest people in, uh, around. This bunch of boys, this bunch of people, they, we're going to see some signs of that here in a few minutes. If I want to challenge myself to be the happiest people around in the midst of what's going on just like anybody else, what is that going to look like? Can I know what to expect? Can I know what behaviors I should see? Can, can I actually have those behaviors? Uh, uh, behavior is, is an interesting thing. When you think of the word behavior, it, it really has attitude behind it, has a little character with it, uh, has a little bit of voice to it at times. And I, I wanted to maybe take us to a place today when our normal reaction would be something contrary to maybe a God response. Is there a place I can react, train myself? Let me give you an example. I joined the fire department almost about 10 years ago now as a first responder. And I'll never forget the first two years. I was scared spitless because there was so much overwhelming things to learn, so many overwhelming things to just learn for your protection. Number one, it's life and death. It's, it, you know, and the, the phrase that we always hear when we're training, fire doesn't know you're training, that scared the mess out of me. So as I grew into this department, and now I'm at a place where I got a little handle on things, it took that time frame of constantly revisiting, constantly revisiting how to use certain tools, what things were protective for me, what things were not, what kind of response could I get from this tool or that tool. And that's what I want you to see as we talk about this little subject today. Because as you hang around it, I'm not expecting you to jump right head first into this thought today. 
I, I wish you could and would, and I know I did when I did, and I know some do when they do, but I'm not expecting that. I want you to hear the conversation. I want you to hear the thought, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Just like me in the fire department. It took some time for me now that I'm comfortable with it. I remember when they asked me to, uh, 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 Trey, Trey's been real good at that, throwing me in the captain's chair. That's, that's that front chair on the right side. You're directing what's going on. I avoid that chair a lot, man, because there's so much responsibility behind it. But now I'm starting to get comfortable, even with the conversation that comes with it. There's certain conversations on the radio. There's certain things you say and you don't say. Well, with this experience of power, you're going to find out that it's a power available to you as a believer. It has some outward responses to it. It has behaviors to it. It has a way of working. And you'll find out that it's actually free. It's not something you've got to work for to get. It's something that you can have at any point. And once, oh, my, 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 once you get it, I'm just telling you, this past six months for my family has been an amazing chance to grow in some of these things. We're just like you. We have to face challenges just like you. I remember the day when Pastor Tiffany fell off the uh, front porch and, and broke her pelvis. I'll, we went in that moment, in that moment, for a solid hour into this experience I'm going to talk, you about, talk to you about. And I know it began to determine the pathway for the next six weeks that we had for her life. I can tell you right now, the experience that I'm having right now, it is what I'm yielding to when I feel a grimace, when I feel like I don't want to. I just had to ride uh, 12 hours to Alabama and back from Alabama, not knowing what this was. And, and I'm, I, there was one moment I'm, I got my hands on the dash like this, just trying to keep my cookies in order for the pain. This is what pushes me through to the next level. Acts chapter 13, verse 52, again, it says, And the disciples, those that were following the Lord, were filled with joy and, everybody say and, with the Holy Ghost. The Jordan translation reads this way, And the Lord's learners were just bubbling over with joy and the Holy Ghost. I tell you again, in fact, I'm going to go as far to say this. That this experience, as life-changing it as is, the strength, the power, the joy needed to win in this world will be limited without it. <clears throat> go with me. Actually, I'm not going to ask you to go to these chapters. In John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, I encourage you to go do a study on that on your own. Read those four, four chapters. You're going to find that there's an introduction of the personhood of the Holy Spirit. There's God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you're going to find within those chapters, Jesus gives some instruction. Jesus, Jesus introduces who he is and what his responsibilities are. It goes as far to say that he now, as a believer, lives on the inside of you. Some of the responsibilities that he has as the person of the Holy Spirit for any born-again saved believer, meaning you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, now you have the person of the Holy Spirit in the helper mode, in the comforter mode, the advocate mode, the strengthener mode, the helper mode. How about this? In assessor mode. You have this in you. And there's another, I found this phrase in a commentary. I loved it. I loved it. Because it just showed me more responsibility of the person of the Holy Spirit. He is in you to cure unbelief and half-belief. <laughs> we understand unbelief. But a bunch of us have half-belief. It's kind of like this. I'm just, I'm just on the edge. Don't push me to that edge because... I don't need that, okay? So I'm half in and I'm half out. I want to help you go all in because the world's getting ready to challenge you to go all in in your belief and question your belief. 
And there'll be an opportunity. And and if you come back next week, we'll talk more about that. But there will be opportunities for us as believers to really, really locate where you believe. No, no guilt against any. If you're born again, come on. Say, glory to God. Come on. Glory to God. Absolutely. Glory to God. Number one. But I want to help us have the greater conversations. Not that that's not great in itself. I want us to have the, the help us. How do I have the tougher conversations? When, when rubber meets the road, this is what I did, and this is what pushed me over. <clears throat> Step further. Go to Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 49. Amplified translation. Just a conversation together. Listen carefully. These are the words of Jesus. He says, lean in. Lean into me now. I'm sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit. This is an amplified translation. Upon you. It's not in you now. He says, I'm going to send him upon you. This is the very last verse of Luke chapter 24. We've had a whole chapter. We've had a whole bunch of books. Now we're at this last place of Luke chapter 49. Oh, excuse me, 24. Last thing he's saying. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed. The word clothed, translated in the Amplified, means fully equipped with power from on high. If he says fully equipped, guess what that means? I can be under-equipped. He says, I want you to be fully equipped with power. Fully equipped with power. The word fully equipped just basically means what it says. Everything you need, every tool you need, every word you need to say, every response you need to have, everything we've talked about up to this moment, you've got all of this. I want you to be fully equipped in that, but here's what I want you equipped with. He says it's power. Now, the word power is defined in this. Listen, this is great. This word power is defined as a force to be reckoned with. I want you to be fully equipped with a force to be reckoned with. I want you to be fully equipped with an ability beyond your own ability. I want you to be fully equipped with an abundance, a full supply. Nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. I want you to be fully equipped with strength. Supernatural strength. When you feel weak, I want you to be fully equipped when you're weak with strength. I want you to be fully equipped with miracle-working, dynamic miracle-working power. Just what Jesus said. That's what the words mean. Same conversation. Jump over to the book of Acts with me, Acts chapter 1. Same conversation. Chapter 1, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Now there's a more force, not just leaning in, now I'm commanding you. Do not leave Jerusalem. Do you hear the terms here? Don't leave until. Don't leave until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Now I know it's free. This is not something I'm working for. As I told you before, John baptized you with water, salvation, the baptism water experience, but in just a few days you will be baptized, immersed. The word baptized means immersed with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, jump down with me. I'm not taking anything out of context. I'm just saving you the time. But you will receive power. Here's that word power again. It means the same words up above. Fully equipped with this power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit not comes in you, comes up and upon you. And... You will be a witness. I'm not going to read any more. We'll talk more about that next week. But it says you will be. Give me the impression that if I'm not filled with this, if it's not working in my life, I will be under-equipped to be a witness. 
Because there might be a chance I'm just like the rest with ill equipment, meaning that I might yield to the things just like the world yields to. We're not supposed to be, we're supposed to be the happiest bunch around, my friends. And I'm amazed at how many Christians I have conversations with. They're the most challenging people to be around. I'd rather sit with an unbeliever more than I sit with you. At least I expect it from them. I know unbelievers that are more, more power in their voice of positive communication than believers. And they don't have the word backing them up. You got the word of God backing you up. Everybody say power. All right. Now let's venture into the uncomfortable conversation. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. I'm amazed at why. Acts chapter 2. The question you've got to ask yourself now, and I'm limited on time, is have I received this power? When the day of Pentecost had come, verse 1, go on down to verse 4, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violet wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them, and they rested on each of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. So now I'm, they're receiving what we're talking about, what Jesus commanded to go wait for. Now what can I expect of that? What's this going to look like for me? If I was to ask myself the question, have I received this, will I be receiving the same thing? Can I know what to expect? Sure, you can. Verse 4, and they were all filled, that is diffused throughout their being. Mm-mm-mm with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out of clearly and, out clearly and appropriately. Marking, listen now, this is the beginning of the church. This is the first time this had come. So anytime something's first, it's always going to probably have a greater extravagant to it on the front side because it's not had a whole lot of time for religion to confuse it yet. But now we've got 2,000 years, a little few years ahead of us. Now we've got a lot of confusion of religion has got in there, man's interpretation to walk away from Scripture to reason the out of the ability, of the need for it, forgetting that Jesus said you're going to need this because of uncomfortableness, because it's beyond my norm of what I'm used to doing, responding and doing. Well, that's just for some people. Don't push me there. I'm waiting. You need to stop waiting because you need it now. So I'm going to read just a few things. Let me put these dreadful readers on. By the end of the year, I'm going to be out of these, I promise you. What can I expect? And they were all dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men. This is just after this happened. From every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, there's sound by it. Everybody say sound. The multitude came together. You're going to attract people. And it says that sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all of these speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Now jump down with me to verse 11. We hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, They're full of new wine. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever in here been full of new wine before or full of wine or full of alcohol. That's what they're saying here. Don't raise your hand. Don't admit. Just know that maybe just act like you don't know what this is talking about. If you've ever seen somebody that's been in that position, you know they're acting a fool. Okay? Goes on to say, but Peter, 
who was one of the 120 in this moment, in this experience, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Heed my words. Isn't it amazing? He took on the, the, the personality of Jesus there. Heed. Heed my words. Let this be known. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now this connects you and me. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. <clears throat> your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men's servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Telling me without this, you won't prophesy. He goes, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood. Have we seen that? Before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Now jump forward with me and just to kind of for time's sake because I need to move on. Peter just basically explained to them, look, what you think is not what you think. And this is the moment of time that's been prophesied by Joel for the last days. We're in that moment of time. But listen to what he says in verse 39, just to connect it, really connect it to us. This promise is to you that we just learned from Acts chapter 1 and Luke chapter 24 and the experience in chapter 2. This promise is to you and to your children and even the Gentiles, it's anybody can connect to this, all who have been called by the Lord our God. What followed? What followed this experience? All who have been called connects you and I. Say, this is for all. What follow? What experiences follow that we can expect when this power comes into my life? Number one, I can speak with tongues. Number two, I will speak with boldness. I will be filled with joy, joy, at times drunken laughter. Don't get hung up on the drunken piece. But at times there would be laughter in my voice. Come on, say ha ha ha. It goes that time we see that the church grew after this. We see that not only that, miraculous signs and miracles took place. What am I saying? That Look, in the middle of the greatest challenges that they faced throughout the whole book of Acts, you can see these were the common experiences that they had. If they needed power then, then we need power now. We need to be fully equipped now. <clears throat> all right? Go with me to Acts chapter 19. I don't have time to go into all of this. In Acts chapter 19, I want you to fast forward with me 23 years from this moment. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers, asking them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you receive? He asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, listen, John's baptism called for repentance of sin, salvation. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized, immersed into the name of the Lord Jesus, born again. Listen, then. Everybody say then. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, not in them, on them. And what happened? Spoke with tongues and they prophesied. All right? We're still having a conversation. Question I'm asking you. Have you received this? You know if you have. And you know if you haven't. <laughs> Go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 24. Matthew chapter 12, verse 24, a principle that Jesus tells us. Here's how you can begin to help yourself move in the step, the next step to maybe receiving this experience, asking some questions. 
Matthew 24, 34 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the principle here is, whatever you're full of is going to come out of you. So if I'm filled with joy, then there might be some laughter in my voice. Ha, ha, ha. If I'm filled with the Spirit, then I might have some tongues come out of my voice. We'll talk about tongues in a minute. If you're filled. If you're not filled, you're not going to have this. Okay? It says, <clears throat> because Pastor Tiffany said to us on the very first day, she said, the mouth is the outlet to the human spirit. You are a spirit, you have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. Your spirit, man, is what is alive unto God. So if we're totally filled with the spirit, it has to come out somewhere. It's not meant to be held as, remember what we said? That this joy of the Lord is not meant for the conservative or the reserved. It's meant for the resolved. And when I'm resolved to fullness, there's something going to be coming out of my mouth. John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. God is a spirit. We are a spirit. If God is a spirit and we are a spirit, what kind of language does spirit speak? Spirit speaks spirit. Just like English speaks English, uh, 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 Hispanic speaks Hispanic, German speaks German, spirit speaks spirit. There's no difference. We've reasoned it out because it doesn't sound like my outward native language. This is an internal supernatural language. Spirit speaks to spirit. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15. You listen to me. The real language that you have is more profound. It's deeper. We've just not tapped into it. Because we spend 99.9% of our time talking English. Joe, Carlos, Sarah. But is there another level of place when I'm filled that this supernatural language is available to me? Am I willing to listen to the instruction and conversation with Jesus? He says, look, I want you to lean in, and I'm also going to command you, and I'm also going to tell you, you're going to need this power, and without it, you'll be limited in the world. You'll reach a place where your physical, natural self will not be able to go any further. The endurance that you need will not be available to you because you've not tapped into something greater and bigger than you. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. Quit arguing with the conversation. So what shall I do? Will I pray with my spirit? No, excuse me. What shall I do? I will pray with my spirit. But I also will pray with my mind. Joe, I pray that you're blessed. You increase everything you touch. Your hand will prosper. I will sing with my spirit. I will sing with my mind. Oh, Father, you're so good to me. I love you so. Don't question me on my tone. Why are we arguing with the Scriptures? When we pray in the Spirit or you pray in tongues, you've shifted to the highest form of prayer into the realm of supernatural than you could ever go. I'm just asking you a question to ask yourself. Have you experienced and received this? I'm not pushing it on you. I'm not telling you you've got to go do it. I'm just asking you to ask yourself, do we want to go into the realm of supernatural? That's a question that you've got to ask. Choosing joy, it's up to you how to do it. Don't ever feel like you're made to do anything. If a church makes you feel like you have to, get out of it. Because we live in a world of grace. Unmerited favor, and my God pulls me in by love not by forcing me to do something. 
But he's not going to question the ability and the reasons of it. Why either? 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks fluently in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, meaning I'm not speaking to you about this. My circumstances, and I might pray a little bit. I might say, Joe, listen, man, can you just get in agreement with me that the supernatural healing power of God will work in my body, and I defeat this, and it's not something that carries on in my life for the rest of my life. I beat this. I've won this. But that's about as far as I can go and ask, and you and me. So you know what? Let's just go and pray in the Spirit on this and allow the Holy Spirit to navigate us through a deeper place of supernatural spirit. I wouldn't have done that yesterday. Might not do it again. But First Corinthians 14, 2. I'm just telling you, quit reasoning this out just because you don't understand or you want to. The main reason people ignore this is because they're embarrassed. Don't see me doing that. That just means you don't have an understanding. You've not had it explained to you enough to show you this is simple, this is easy. And once you're filled, if you want to keep it in your house to your own self, awesome, go for it. But don't ignore it and not ever receive it. He says, understand him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. When I'm praying in tongues, what am I doing? I'm praying out the will of God for my life. I'm admitting that I am limited. I don't know every step I'm supposed to take. Verse 4, excuse me, 14, verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Come on. Come on. Come on. I've had conversations with you guys. I've had conversations with you on your worst days. And I'm like, what do you want from me? I can give you the scripture and I can give you the word. Come on, let's edify. The word edify means to charge yourself up. (laughs) It also means you increase your capacity, capacity for the supernatural to work in your life. Jude one twenty, But dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Now go with me to the book of Ephesians. I'm taking my time on it. I'm going to take five extra minutes and don't nobody tell me don't do it again. I'm taking five extra minutes. This is pivotal for people. Ephesians chapter 4 and 5, if you go into that chapter, we just talked about in verse 19, chapter 19 of Acts, Paul came to the church and established the church at Ephesus. Now he's having a conversation and writing a letter to this church. And in verse chapter 4 and 5, he begins to have the conversation with them and say, look, teaching them of things to do, to put on and to take off as a believer. He begins to talk to them about changes of lifestyle that they could make, necessities that would be beneficial if they would apply these things into their life. Now come down with me to 518. That's the conversation here. These are things that are beneficial for you. These are things that don't represent the kingdom of God in your life. Come on, think about these things. Verse 18, he says, do not be drunk with wine. And then he uses a word in the New King James, dissipation. He's simply saying, that is wasteful and foolish for a believer. But then he goes on and said, but look, let me give you an answer to that. Because I know you're going to still want the same effect. I know you're going to still want something that you're receiving from something that's temporal, that's only going to last for a short amount of time. And the very next day, you're going to be wondering why you did. And then don't be that guy. Don't be that girl that everybody's talking about the next day that you don't even remember who that was. Be the person that knows who you are. Be the person that says, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with joy and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
And then he tells you what it looks like. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, spirit to spirit. (laughs) The word, if you just read it, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for the God, the Father that you know. And basically saying, be filled to capacity. I got a lot more I got to say here, but I'm not going to do it. Let me challenge you. I just had a simple conversation with you. I explained that this joy has another connecting point to it. And I want you to tap into the real fullness of that joy that's not limited. If I leave you at just surface and internal and beginning to learn an understanding of that and don't ever show you that there is a helper to help you with that and there's a power that's necessary with that, it will be surface joy. It'll revert back to surface joy. And then all of a sudden what you're believing for will be half, almost said half but. I did say half but. It'll be lessened because I know the power of the world. I know the power of the life and the circumstances of your life and what's going on. And I want to take you to the next level, to the place where (laughs) Smith Wigglesworth said this. The Holy Spirit will take the victim out of your mouth and fill it with joy. No more whining in your voice. No more complaining. Psalm 126, very last scripture. Everybody say glory to God. Everybody nervous? Stand up with me. Hopefully I've presented to you a question to have with yourself or others. And here's what I want you to understand. Some of us need to get around some drinking buddies and walk away from some drinking buddies. Well, some of us are drinking the wrong. I may, I may say it differently. Some of us are drinking what's foolish and what's not going to help you. And we're yielding to something that's going to take us down a road that's going to walk you away from the supernatural. Some of you have gifts and callings in your life, and this is a constant yield to your life, and you're wondering why I'm not going to the next level. This just might be it. I would question the question. Psalm 126, what does this look like? What should people see? How should people know that I'm the happiest person in town? What should people be seeing in my life? Psalm 126, 2 and 3. Then their mouth was filled with laughter. Practice with me. Ha, ha, ha. And her tongue with shouts of joy. Let me just help you. Say, thank God. God. That's not a shout. (laughs) Thank you, Father God. Thank you. I'm not going to ask you to shout. Because somebody, y'all just went, oh, no, he's going to make me shout. No, I'm not. (laughs) Can I be honest with you? I'm tired of being the one that has to make you do something. I'm just going to invite you. But I do know the results. Because it says, and then their response, when I yield to that part of my life, then they among the nations will say that the Lord has done great things for them. And then our response will be, yep, the Lord's done great things for us, and we are glad. That's what keeps the pressure on him. Ha, ha, ha. Every head bow, every eye closed. I love you. He loves you. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life for the very first time, it's very simple. Scripture tells us exactly what to do. The Bible is very clear. You just come to that place where you say, you know what? I'm just going to invite him to be my Lord. I'm going to venture into this walk, this lifestyle, this relationship. And I'm going to say, you know what? I do believe there's a God. I don't know everything about him. Don't try to explain everything about him. I'm going to invite him as my Lord. And I'm going to say that, you know what? As just maybe on that man's word that I know he loves me. 
And I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The Bible says at that moment you're saved and born again. Eternity in heaven is ready for you. Anybody in that request or anything there, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. We'll pray with you. I don't see hands in here. Most of the time Sunday morning is a believer's meeting. That's why we try to keep it to this level for you. If you want to look at me, this is real, my friend. This is a benefit. This is something that we need. Jesus said so. I love you with all my heart. Guess what? You're dismissed. I'll see you next week. Have a great day. Hello, everyone. Hey, I'm Pastor Stephen. This is Pastor Tiffany. We just want to thank you for joining our online worship experience today. And uh, grateful to have you. we got some information that we want to pass on to you. Maybe you can connect up with us here real soon. Uh, back on another online worship experience. Love to connect with you. And if you just take a moment and download our Coastal Family Church app, you're going to find a great card on that section. Just take a moment and submit that and fill that out. We'd love to put a free gift in your hand and also slip a letter in the mail letting you know more about Coastal Family Church and any upcoming events. Maybe this is your first time with us, and again, we just want to say thank you. If you call Coastal Family Church your home, we want to let you know that there's a several ways that you can give, also on our app or on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Pastor Stephen? Hey, we'll see you soon. You guys have a great day.